Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 74 here on Monday, March 19th, last day of winter, 2018. I am Joe Morata. This is Old Man Winter himself, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. How's it going, man? Good. You ready for spring? Uh, yeah, the, the wind was blowing in there from the winter there. <laughs> Folks, thank you for blowing in to listen to our show as we romp through the world of retro wrestling. Glad to be back with you for yet another week, despite uh, last week's little shocker of an ending there with, yeah. by the premiere podcast here in wrestling. And we received our cease and desist, uh, so I guess we won't be doing that impression anymore. Yeah. Uh, folks, anyway, <laughs> thank you for being with us. We have some great stuff to talk about today, but before we get to any of that, we want to remind you, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, go ahead and do so at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is O. Oh. VP podcast at gmail.com. But the number one place to chat it up with us, if you will, and any of the fans is our Facebook group, Michael Quinn. Yes, the Facebook group over at facebook.web.friends. Uh, <laughs> it's a website where people meet Facebook. Um, but our specific center of that site, the group or whatever, we're the our vantage point retro wrestling podcast. Yes, we are. You get over there, you hit join and Vada bing, vada boom, you're in. <laughs> vada bing, vada boom. And With a V. There's a lot of hijinks there. Yes, it's like, fun. like this announcement, there's a lot of hijinks. Yeah. yeah. This is about as serious as it gets yeah. over there. Yeah. Uh, so go on to facebook.com or dot, dot web dot friends and uh, join the OVP discussion group. It's great. There's no uh, judgments there. Come as you are, as you were, as we want you to be. It'll be an awesome time. Other things you can do is if you're listening to us on SoundCloud, where we are currently hosted, at least for now, uh, you don't have to listen to us there. There's great places to listen to us on. Uh, one of which, Quinn, is Apple Podcasts. Yes, Apple Podcasts, the premier location for podcasts, as they say on the internet. They do. Over there, you can uh, subscribe or leave us a review. Please, five stars, only five stars. Um, we will reject your review if it is not five stars, even though I have zero control of that. <laughs> That's right. Just pretend you're Meltzer. Match. But seriously, five stars, it really helps us out. It does. Um, and there's also other places, too. Yeah, there are. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, Google Play Music. Yeah, use it all the time. Yeah, Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. Uh-huh. Uh, Blueberry. Yeah, Blueberry's great. Auto. Auto is so good. It's my favorite. Oh, oh, hey there. Shit, sorry. And, of course, FM Player. Yeah, we definitely use that one, too. <laughs> every day, we, every way. We test them all out. Yeah. Um, there's some other great podcasts you can also listen to if you like ours. I got two more that you might like. I think I've heard of them. You might have heard of them. Clear this up for me. I'll clear it up for you. So there's the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, It's actually about wrestling. Yeah. Not nothing. It's weird. And it's hosted by, believe it or not, a ref and a wrestler. You have the independent wrestler who now works for ROH a lot. Brian Malone is still known as the kingpin for now. Yeah. Uh, And his partner there is former, or yes, current independent wrestling referee, but he's on an extended hiatus, and that would be Mean Mike Crockett. Very interesting show. You get a good perspective of two guys in the business. Yeah, and Joe, I have a suggestion for the Kingpin for his new name. Oh, what do you got? The Wine City Whaler. I like that. Because he's a tag team with the Beer City City Bruiser. Wine City Whaler. Wow. That's pretty good, right? That's very, very good. Yeah, like he's whaling on him, right? Yeah, The Wine City Whaler. Very good. 
Uh, in addition to that show, the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN, there's a little brother, uh, part of the OVP family. His name is Petey Winston, Little Petey. Little Petey Winston. Yes, and he hosts a lonely-ass one-man show that's also very good, very engaging, very fun to I listen to. I enjoy that show. I really do, too. It's called Greetings from Allentown, or G.F. Allentown, and it's a great show. Greetings from Allentown. He reviews one retro wrestling show per week, and he mixes in and intertwines personal anecdotes and stories and shit like that yeah <laughs> it's just, a great show just things you just know things. if you live in the boston area yeah. you might like it yeah, he exactly. says roar and things like that like yeah idea idea um, and then one other thing to mention here you can find us on patreon if you like the show you can donate if you want to patreon.com slash ovp podcast it's not just a situation where we want your money so we can do this show no this show's free already Right, we want to give you additional content. And we have some of that additional content. There's a couple of tiers. There's a $1 tier, Quinn, and that one basically is access to the video version of this right now. Right, yeah. If you're watching this right now, then you have access. But for <laughs> yeah. $1, yep. only $1, you get to see the video form of this. It's unedited, but hey, it's fun. It's behind-the-scenes stuff. We'll yep. tell you some things in between the breaks and yep. whatnot. And, you know, it's good. And then if you want to double down for 2 bucks, you get that and what? The weekly ovp commentaries where you can sync up with the wwe network and have us talk recently we actually did uh the hogan sting from starcade 97 yes, we did. The so controversial thing on this podcast little teaser for you there but quinn there's also a three dollar tier yes and for three dollars a month you get everything in the other tiers and by the way in the two dollar tier you get everything in the one dollar of course as well yep. but in the three dollar tier you get the once a month OVP live reviews. What is that? What are those, right? (laughs) So that is where we watch WWF 1982. Yep. And we watch it transition into a better thing. Right now it's kind of boring, but I think that makes it more fun, to be honest, because it's a little goofy. And that's where the first of every month you get to watch us watch 1982 WWF. We're in May right now. Yeah. Uh, And on April 1st, we'll we'll keep that going. So if you want to sign up, sign up for it. A couple of other quick announcements. There's a ton of stuff going on because it's WrestleMania season. Yes, it is. Every Thursday till WrestleMania is the Hall of Fame Bites. We did it last year. We're doing it again. Quinn and I dress up and go to the Hall of Fame and we're like George and Adam just sitting there waiting for it. Yeah, we were somehow there already. I don't know how like the time works with all that, (laughs) the chronological order of it all. I don't either, but we're there Yeah, and we're reviewing the Hall of Fame uh, class, you know, two inductions each week. Right. We give our thoughts and opinions. We did Jeff Jarrett and Hillbilly Jim. We've got a bunch of other stuff coming your way. The Hall of Fame bites every Thursday until WrestleMania in video and audio form. And also, if you you can't get enough of it, you could check out last year's video and audio form on this feed for the audio and video on our YouTube on page. On our YouTube page, right. And Scott Keith will be joining us, TBD, but he will be joining us, I believe, the Friday before WrestleMania. We'll confirm that to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WrestleManias. The best and worst WrestleManias. Here we go. It'll the be a definitive great time. list. That's right. And of course, the Monday after WrestleMania, Donnie Rizzo's back to join us on the WrestleMania Recovery Show. As he always is. As he always is. So that's what we got on tap for you. But I have the honor, the privilege of choosing our, our topic for the first segment, Quinn, oh. which has been for this season, season eight, the wrestling butterfly effect where we kind of rebook and theorize and hypothesize if people you will. are stealing this gimmick what's going on with i that? guess so apparently we stole it too from place to be nation Sorry, but i uh, didn't mean i, I didn't think mean we it. did no yeah, we just thought it, it sounded cool to be never honest. Heard of that show somebody before. suggested it that's all it is our yeah. points uh so quinn i want to take us over to the the wcw this the wcw week. yeah the yeah. wcw the wcw uh, and i want to go into what if 
It wasn't Kevin Nash that beat Bill Goldberg at Starcade 98. Duh. It's an interesting proposition, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think he shouldn't have. I don't think anybody should have beat him at Starcade 98. Right. Period. That's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about here. Now, folks, very quick background. Uh, Bill Goldberg, you might have heard of him, debuted in WCW in September of 97. And he went on an undefeated streak, a legendary undefeated streak, uh, throughout 97, all throughout 1998. He won the U.S. title, I believe, in April of 98 from Raven. Mm-hmm. He then won the world title from Hulk Hogan in July. Mm-hmm. And he was undefeated the entire stretch. Starcade 1998 on December 26th. He loses, uh, with the help of Scott Hall and a cattle prod, yes. to big, sexy Kevin Nash, the, right. uh, the leader of the Wolf Pack. Yes, the Wolf Wolf. The Wolf Wolf. But it wasn't just Nash beating him. A week later on Nitro, January 4th, 99, Nitro, Hulk Hogan, a returning Hulk Hogan, comes back. And he's like, oh, I want to beat you for the title, brother, to yeah, Nash. He's wearing black, but not NWO. He yeah. looks weird. He's got like a stretchy shirt on. <laughs> very stretchy, very 90s. Yeah. Very uh, corn of him and limp biscuit yeah. of him. Uh, and then there's the infamous finger poke of doom. Goldberg, for the rest of his career, really, is never, ever at the heights that he was, including his WWF run in 2003 and four, yeah. including his one-time WWF run uh, recently. I would say, arguably, in his most recent run, run, he was, like, actually kind of popular. It was, like, the best he has been. Yeah, I, you know, we weren't big fans of it, but I've heard, like, the, I've heard mainstream people say they really enjoyed it, yeah. so I don't want to, like, crap on that, really. I agree with you. Yeah. But back to 1998, right? A lot of people say in the business, out of the business, observers of the business, and myself included, that Starcade 98 Quinn was not the right time right. to beat Goldberg, and it certainly wasn't the right way to do it. I don't think it was. So what do we do? What do we do at Starcade 98? Who does he fight? Does he fight Nash and beat him, let's yeah, say? Yeah, he fights Nash and beats his ass. That's what should happen. It should, Nash should have just been another notch on Goldberg's belt there. Right. Like, Maybe a tougher notch, right? Because yeah. bigger guy, and he's certainly right. a higher... Uh, star. I mean, he Goldberg had a hard time with DDP. Yeah, and even if you want to involve Scott Hall in the situation, just mm-hmm. have Goldberg, like, punch him or something, <laughs> and then, like, the next pay-per-view, he fights Scott Hall. Done. Okay. Like, it's sold it's out. sold out. Like, yeah. Do we build then to maybe at Super Brawl or somewhere around there, the big Hogan rematch? Yeah, I suppose so. Here's, here's the interesting thing about all this, Joe. Sure. Personally, I believe that there is nobody in WCW mm-hmm. till the end of it that yep. can conceivably beat him. I'm serious. Like, he should have just been the champion until the company went out of business. Okay, so are we assuming <laughs> that it goes out of business, though? That's the thing. That's Does the it go thing. out of business? Yeah, no shit. Because let's say the finger poke never happens, right? And Goldberg, let's say, fights Hogan. Big rematch at Super Brawl 99. Hogan. I don't think Hogan wins. Hogan loses, right? Yeah. And goes on to turn face like he did anyway, right? right? Right, And does the same face Hogan shit. I think the company would have been a lot better shape with Goldberg at the helm. Uh-huh. Now, here's the other thing, though. Doesn't Goldberg get injured or something? But that's a result of a storyline that he was a part of where he broke the window yeah, but he of the car. hurt his arm or whatever. He had to get repaired surgery or whatever. So let's say that never happens because he's not, like, roped into that bullshit storyline. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. What do you say to the people that say, well, eventually it would have gotten stale with Goldberg just winning all the time? Well, not in 1999, it wouldn't. Uh, If you lived through it, uh, no one ever wanted to see Goldberg ever lose, period. End of story. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he could have gone on to fight people he hadn't fought yet while undefeated, like Ric Flair. I think if they wanted to get the belt off him, Joe, Uh the only way they could do it is um, strip him from an injury. 
I think they they shouldn't have never had him lose ever. And then he comes back and, and he's, he's still, still undefeated. He's still undefeated, but and he he's the not, uncrowned champion. And he can chase the title. Yeah. Now, what do you think of this? What about the money that they could have gotten out of an undefeated Goldberg versus Bret Hart? Awesome. It would have been great, but I mean, then I, Bret still would have been retired because Goldberg would conceivably <laughs> still him the, fuck, him, fuck anyway. him over. Yeah. What if we had gotten Goldberg fighting Ric Flair? I mean, it would have been great too. Right. I mean, I, there's there's all these matches they could have had with a um, Goldberg who is undefeated, undefeated. Still. And whether WCW goes out of business or they don't, mm-hmm. I still think they would have just because the AOL merger would have happened, and um, they would have just they want they. Even if WCW was making money, AOL would have gotten rid of them. Do you think so? Yes. Why do you think that? Because they hated it. <laughs> they fucking hated that shit. Like, if WCW, if it was the 96 WCW that was good and AOL bought it then, they still right. would have gotten rid of it. Like, even you think if, so, yes, huh? they wow. just hated fucking wrestling so much. That's part of it. I think yeah. you're right. See, I would have done this. I would have had Goldberg beat Nash stampede through like like you said scott hall perfect like let that that's happen, a good right? sold out feud it actually. is like why not yeah and then the big hogan match and maybe even another match against hogan at some point on a nitro yeah there's another guy that he could have fought that he never fought that i know of anyway during the undefeated run sting oh yeah sting would have been great too there's money in a in a really well done sting goldberg match or bret hart goldberg match even if they wanted to elevate guys like uh, Chris Voldemort yeah. to fight him, Booker they T to fight all, him. The problem is that they would have had all these people fight him, but I still don't think that any of these people should ever be have any business beating Goldberg, period. So you really think that Goldberg just stampedes through the rest of 99 undefeated? Yeah, it's his whole entire shtick. It's the it reason is. he sells tickets is because he was undefeated. So you're saying the only way to get it off of him, instead of having a cattle prod, right. is an injury. Yeah, they could even do that thing with the stupid he punches the windshield and that like, (laughs) I don't care how they need to write the belt off of him. It's just it doesn't need to be taken off of him in a loss. You know, it's true because he never truly recovered from that. They should have just treated him the way they treated Andre. Okay, like after he loses the title through like, you know, chicanery or whatever. Mm hmm. Just have him be their Andre in a way, like where he just doesn't lose, and you have like people tr- like they're always gunning to take him down, mm-hmm. but they don't. That should be what Goldberg is, and he finds a way to just not challenge for the belt. So, are you saying he never ever loses a match, though, Quinn? I mean, that's a Til little t- unrealistic. Two thousand one, no. Are you serious? Yes, because that's then, what it's like three years. It's not even that long. Well, and wrestling at the accelerated ADT time frame, ADD time frame of of the late nineties, it is. Maybe, but I did anybody want to see Goldberg lose, even by 99? I mean, I'm sure some people did. They were chant- having to fucking put in Goldberg, Goldberg, because they were chanting Goldberg sucks in the buildings. But overall, no. I think okay, that- let, let, let's think about 1999 for a second, Go right? Ahead. Yep. And just insert Goldberg in there. Okay. At any point in 1999 through December, would you can you conceivably see anybody you would think Goldberg should lose to? It, it depends. Maybe Brett. Because they needed to do something for Brett. Maybe. Maybe. But that's not even a definite. There's no, like, guy, like... Maybe Hogan getting his win back, I could see. You don't... You can't see that? Hogan got his win back against Warrior. No. You don't think? No, not not 99, Hogan. What about Russo still takes over? Because that's, you know, unrelated to WCW. If anybody would have been Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) That's that's sadly the sad truth of all this. Will then is he a Hall of Famer then if he's the guy to beat Goldberg? No, because he would he would have won because of 
Vince politics Russo. and bullshit. Well, that's why Nash won. See, here's the problem with all this is say Goldberg doesn't lose there. Yeah. You know what probably ultimately would have happened? What? He would have lost to a guitar shot instead of a taser. <laughs> like, let's be serious. And honestly, Quinn, did Jeff Jarrett ever draw a dime? Never drew a dime. Yeah, I mean, do you think that that actually seems like the most reasonable answer to all this? Which was Jeff yeah. Jarrett's the answer to all this. Yeah, I'd rather have Nash beat him than at Star Kid ninety eight. Well, they're going in the Hall of Fame together this year, so they are they're both true. Hall of Famers. And there you, know, you go. But you know, it's interesting. I would say I, I'm with you for the most part. I think it's a little unrealistic to have him undefeated until the company closes. I don't know why not because they have nothing else that's good. Because how do you <laughs> seriously? How do you realistically keep doing that for years? This is WCW we're talking about. Well, the injury, what that does is it give it hits the reset button. So you have a different champion. Does he ever regain the title, Quinn? Just write some bullshit into the story that ha ha Goldberg, fuck you. You have to like work your way from the bottom again. And he does. And then we count again, which will be fun. So then who's the champ? Who beats him? Who does he beat for the title? Who does he beat when he like like works his way up? Yeah, well, because see, he's already would, beaten Hogan. I would elongate the hell out of that. Like I would like carry it into like mid two thousand. Wow, so like, like a year again. Yeah, and then maybe Brett's the champion by Something I know like, like that. Brett yeah. was retired by have, then, but have Brett. Maybe that's the way Brett goes out. Like that's how he retired since he was going to retire anyway. You know, I didn't want to retire against Bill Goldberg. Yeah, but had Goldberg been the Goldberg? of like without losing mm-hmm. Brett would have been more than happy to retire to him if you, if you think about it well Brett would, would have put be... Brett on a big stage and he would be happy with that <laughs> and the thing is Brett would probably be very happy not getting kicked in the head mm-hmm. and having to re- have a hole in his head right and retire seriously like <laughs> if there was like a big like Brett retirement match like well, you know this is for all my fans in South Africa and Germany yeah I'm gonna retire the champion you know like how he, he, it's like he's like win lose or draw I'm yeah. retiring but I'm gonna retire the champion like, <laughs> of course because that's like the most Bret Hart thing right, ever that's the most Bret Hart threat he could possibly make so he like <laughs> threat. yeah he like he, he loses to Goldberg and that's how right so then Goldberg gets the big like yay Goldberg, yay, Goldberg. and you then see- they, they go out of business in 2001 so basically we can- <laughs> and then he, because he's, WCW yeah because because they would have somehow found a way to fuck it up anyway. So basically what you're saying, Quinn, is is the reason Bret Hart got kicked in the head is Kevin Nash's fault? Possibly, yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, that. it alters the timeline. It does. Like, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think that had they had a second chance at it, mm-hmm. and a, another way to do it, I really think they would have never had him lose. Because if you hear the brain trust of WCW <laughs> from back then. Using that word wisely. Yeah, but like people who were involved who weren't stupid, like Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, you they, love Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, he literally says, I would never had him lose ever. A like, lot of people say that. Like, Bobby Heenan said it in a shoot yeah, interview. Like a, a lot of people. A lot of people who work for them yes. who weren't in a position of power yes. pretty much were like, yeah. He should have never lost. Yeah. He, Why did they do this? They should have just Andre'd him is my my thing with him. <laughs> Foot. Like, have him lose when he's old. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I don't know if I could go all the way to oh one without having him lose. W- see, I think it would have been fun having almost like that ninth wonder of the world style of character where he's just China. No, no, no. But China don't wasn't called like that. Woman. Yeah. My point is, is that 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 how Andre was like always undefeated. He was like always looming. Allegedly, it would have been cool that Goldberg would be that character. You know, that's fair, Quinn. Like, yeah. I, I'll give you that. I would say at the very least, give him like at least most of 99 still undefeated. Yeah. At the very least. At like, the very least. Yeah. And, and that way, if if whether he's losing it to 
Hogan in a rematch, which I that would be like the most Hulk Hogan thing ever, yeah. or whether he's losing it to Bret Hart or Sting or maybe someone that we're not even thinking of. Right. At least they've extended the money printing that they were doing by having him vanquish challengers. Yeah, I think Goldberg ultimately is a money character to this day if he was still undefeated. Like, if he retired undefeated, like, I just think it's part of the character is that he's that he doesn't lose that he doesn't lose right like, and not in like a politics kind of way it's just like that is the goldberg shtick period fair, like, yeah. like that's it like and now it's nothing to be mad at goldberg for it's just like that's why the the whole mystique of him works yeah instead like, of a mystique though it became a mistake yeah exactly it's starcade 98 yeah. and folks we want to know what you think what would you have done with bill goldberg as bret hart calls him at starcade 98 does he face nash does he beat nash does he still lose what would you have done let us know by tweeting us at ovp podcast you can email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com or go to the group and let us know but we'll be back with a very interesting and very entertaining Mount Rushmore in Death Valley, right after this. Every time I mention the Bret Hart thing, I feel remorseful about the kick. And though Bret and I are very good friends, and he doesn't hold it against me, till the day I die, I'm going to feel bad about it. And there's nothing that I can do to take it back. I've explained myself millions of times, you know, I'm remorseful. I mean, like I said, what else can I do? Um, so that's why I didn't mention Brett. I had a wonderful time. Anytime I'm in the ring with a legend like that and I have the honor of being there, it's a dream come true. William Goldberg, you big chicken. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast here for episode number 74, Monday, March 19th, 2018. Quinn, I want to give a special shout out here oh. to our good friend of the show, Richard Land. Richard Land. Yes, Richard Land. Uh, the Brit himself. Uh, you would know him from his legendary former YouTube channel back in the day. No yes. longer with us, that channel. Right. That's how most people know of Richie, and he's a active contributor to our boards on Facebook. Yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of Richard. He all messages me all the time. Yep, great guy. His birthday was yesterday, March 18th, his 31st wow. birthday. Catching up to you there, Michael. Yep, we actually me. we're the same age technically for, for a, a couple bit. days. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We just want to say happy birthday to Richard Land. Feel free to wish him a birthday. This Coke's for you, Richard. <laughs> Quinn is drinking his Coke. Uh, Quinn, we're here, of course, not just for Coke, but for the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley segment where each week we have put, and we will continue to put, at least for now, four of the best on, of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst are going down into the desert of Death Valley. And we had a very timely request. Uh-huh. That being from Mike Fireball. Ah, he it's Mike, been a while. It has. Mike Fireball, folks, a little under the radar. You want to explain Mike Fireball, actually, Very, while we're on the well, podcast here? No man could truly explain Mike Fireball. Right. But uh, Mike Fireball, not his real name, is a member of our boards. He was actually the guy that designed our main logo until we switched recently. The, the original one. The, the one. ring mat one. And yep. if you uh, subscribe to the Patreon, the, the logo that appears when we're... Um, on the videos and stuff. He used to write for a website called progressiveboink.com, uh, which Brandon Stroud from Uprocks also wrote for. I've known Mike, known in, in quotations, um, since 2004. 
uh-huh. a very long time. And uh, when he found out we had a podcast, he flipped out in a, in a way. And he still Facebook messages me almost every single Monday <laughs> to comment on the things we're talking about. So Mike suggested here that we do, Quinn, the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Hall of Fame classes. Hall of Fame classes. So as we mentioned, we have the Hall of Fame bites going on. Oh, yeah. Where we're kind of reviewing this year's uh, inductees for 2018. The WWE Hall of Fame has a long-standing history, and uh, Mike wanted us to do the Rushmore and Death Valley of it, so that's very uh, fun. We jumped at this one. Right, but these are classes. This the isn't like one, class. one person. This is right. like every year there's a class, meaning it's like a group of people. Right. And normally there's like a headliner or two. Yeah. So they're going to have some weight, obviously, to the class. Like, if the class has a shitty headliner and the mm-hmm. rest of it's good, okay. But yeah. if it has a shitty headliner and it's pretty bad, then there you go. Right. Um, and the Hall of Fame, Quinn, <laughs> it's funny. There's two main wrestling Hall of Fames. The WWE's yeah. and the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I mean, that one's not, like, official. They're very different. Match. In, in this day, oh, this and guy age, had good matches. In this, I'm just saying, in this day and age of the prominence Match. of Meltzer, Ugh. like you would think Don't that there that would be again. there would be a uh, video <laughs> format of that, but whatever. The WWE started theirs in 1993 uh, with one guy, and then from 94 to 96, they had the banquet style, smaller scale, more formal, less kayfabe ones. Yeah, I like those ones. And then the more modern version restarted in 04. They had nothing from 96 to 04. Right. The modern version restarted in 04, and it got progressively more and more of a bullfuck as the years went on, yeah, to be kinda, honest. Yeah, I guess so. Like, they're now they're in, like, huge 20,000-seat arenas. See, here's the thing. While it did get, it's, like, a little overblown, it is, I Quinn. actually, like, enjoy you like it. Because it, it's, like, a, it's once a year. It's like, who cares? Like Exactly. Like, who cares anymore? No, but I mean, like, it's You're once right. a year, but it's fun at the same time. Like, and Quinn and I watch them every year yeah. together. We yeah. privately watch it. Yeah. Privately meaning we don't subject anyone to this nerdiness. Yeah. You know? The, the people in our house, that's the only thing. And my wife is like, yeah, yeah. do what you gotta do. But, uh, Quinn, let's, let's get right to the business here. Since I, Fireball had the pick, but why don't you take the stick there, sir? Okay, so the one that I think is probably like the best class period yep. is from 2005. Oh. Hulk Hogan. Okay, headlining it. Roddy Piper. Oh, shit. Cowboy Bob Orton. Okay. Jimmy Hart. Okay. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Shit. Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. It's ridiculous. That's the WrestleMania 1, like, yeah. celebration tour. Yeah, it's so good. Like, there's no, you can't top that class. I'm not talking about the ceremony or anything. No, no, no. I'm just the talking people. about the collection of people here. It's like, it's the 80s WWF period. Like, damn, it's Quinn. got Hulk Hogan in it. I mean, <laughs> come on. Shit, Hogan. Hey, I finally made it. I'll consider that, obviously. Yeah. To be headlined by Hogan and Piper. Right. And then Orton and Wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, besides T, that's your WrestleMania 1 main event. And then Sheik and Volkov. Right. And Jimmy Hart, one of the best managers ever. Right. Yeah. I don't know how, like, anyone... I always thought, that to me, that's the pattern for, like, the modern one, even though it's a year after they, like, brought it back. Here's the only thing I could say. 04 is really awesome. The problem with 04 is it doesn't have a Hogan type. Here's the 04 class, Quinn. Yeah. Stud, which, right. whatever. Morocco, who I, I agree uh-huh. with. Morocco's good. Uh-huh. Greg Hammer time. Yep. Harley Raysa. Yep. That's good. That's Jesse good. Ventura. That's excellent. Junkyard Dog. This one's got too many people in it, though. Now that I'm looking. Slaughter. Yeah. Graham. But here's Santana. Yeah. And then Bobby Heenan. Yeah. It's so like, it's, it's close. It's busy, though. It's busy. I think 
you know, normally we like to debate these and go back and forth, but I think we're hard pressed to find one that's going to knock out um, 05. I mean, there's some there's some cool ones. What about Andre by himself in 93, Quinn? I mean, Quinn? that's a good one. Seriously. Um, yeah, that is a good one. I I actually like that. There's other there's another one too that I think it was memorable, but the roster doesn't look as impressive mm-hmm. as I remember it being, but What's that? The Ric Flair one was really good just because of Flair himself. It's fucking Ric Flair. But the the rest of them, it's like, it's hit or miss. That's 2008. So Flair's, yeah. that one's got Peter Maivia, who like, who cares? Yeah. And Rocky Johnson. So it's like <sighs> rock people. The rock celebration. And then May Young, Young. That's a good that's one. That's good. Eddie Graham, which makes sense. And uh, Gordon Solick. Suplay. Which he should be. This is around the time, 07, 08, where it became... Not only the WWE Hall of Fame, it's like everyone. The basically. Wrestling Hall of yeah. Fame. No, nah, we got to go 05, Quinn. Yeah, no, I it's mean, 05. But okay, I just want to like, there's a couple of, there's another one here, I think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's um. That's actually pretty good. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep, that's a good class. This that, is 09. That's the 09. Uh, Ricky the Dragon yep. Steamboat, Cowboy mm-hmm. Bill Watts, Howard Finkel, but that's the one with the Coco one. Okay. That's so, Coco. It's not the fuck. worst, but. Yeah, that's not. And not, notice how they just shuffle Coco in there, <laughs> yeah. like, like, yeah, they're like you're getting, you're getting Austin. You know yeah. what I mean? You're getting Finkel you're, and Steamboat. Like it, it, it seems good. Yeah, like, until Coco, and, and it's like, whoops, like, <laughs> the infamous Coco one. I feel good, good, good. And then there's also um, the Shawn Michaels one, 2010. If I'm again, not mistaken. these are memorable ones because of the headliners. That so there's sometimes oh, when the headliner carries 11. it, yeah. 2011, but. Shawn oh, wow. Michaels, Duggan, Bullet Bob Armstrong, yep. Sonny, yeah. and Abdullah the Butcher. I mean, to me, honestly, actually, probably Abdullah is the weakest link. Yeah, weirdly enough. And Sonny, I remember she was in good shape during this time. Like <laughs> She intentionally... She, she wasn't, like, drugged out or anything. So, she just like, got arrested again, you hear that? Yeah. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. How it many makes, times she gets arrested? I don't even understand. Uh, that's a really good one. It's got Scene Michaels in it. Right. But, Quinn, I'm telling you, man. 2005. You are right. I'm not even going to contest that. That's yeah. going in. I think nothing can beat 2005. Nothing can beat it. You're, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's literally the best. Okay, so for number one, are we in agreement here? Yeah. Alright, so for number one of the Mount Rushmore of Hall of Fame classes is 2005, headlined by the Hawkster. You know, Michael, we yeah. let's give a little, uh, a little weight here. Let's just look at the 90s for a second. Okay. Now the f- the first big one besides Andre ninety four. I'm just gonna run it down. It had Skoland. Do you, do you agree? He um, should be in. I guess Bobo. I Brazil. mean, he's only there because like he worked for them forever. Bobo Brazil, or as Mike Francesa would say, Bobo Brazil. Okay, Bobo Brazil. Ah, uh, really? Bobo? First prominent black uh, wrestler like ever. Yeah, I prominent, guess. I prominent. mean, no. I mean, he deserves credit. It's just it's one of those like. You know, he's whatever. Like, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. That the first champion, you have to put him in there. Chief J Strongbow. You like yeah, him more you know and more what? as time goes you know on, what? don't you? It's he's really like a pivotal part of their roster pre like, you know, the eighties. Pre Hulkamania. Yeah. What about Classy Fred Blassie? Definitely, right? Definitely. I mean, come on. Gorilla Monsoon. That's excellent. That is where it's like, okay. And then James Dudley, the so, promoter. I honestly never knew anything about James Dudley. <sighs> was, and I always thought this was a weird one. Like, did he have some connection to Vince or something? He was the first African-American promoter to, like, really make a difference in the U.S. or something. I don't know. But, okay. Uh, so, that that said, that's 94. There was one here that I was looking at. 96's class is really good. Yeah. 
Now that that's got Mikel Saquon is the weakest link. Yeah, but here we go. Captain Lou, mm-hmm. no doubt there, right? Yeah. Jimmy Schnooker, which killing people is a hobby of his, but aside from that, yeah, Jimmy Schnooker, Johnny Rods. Hey, that's not a bad one at all. Killer Kowalski, who I I agree with him being in. Mm-hmm. Pat Patterson, definitely. Yeah, and Vincent J. McMahon. That's a good class. Again, Quinn. it's a good one. But let me let me ask you this, please. Can it top this one? <clears throat> this is actually like a very well rounded class. Go ahead. 2013. Ooh, Mick Foley, definitely. Bob Backlund, yep. Trish Stratus, yep. Bruno San Martino and Booker T. Are you serious? Yes. Now, one thing that's fo- ridiculous. That's really good. That's that's a really well rounded class. One thing that we're not um, including here are any legacy inductees, which they only started doing in 16. Yeah, well, I, also don't want, I also don't want to include the Warrior Award. And we're also not including the celebrities, I guess, because they're not like they don't have as much weight. Like, yeah, I'm just talking start about till 04. The wrestlers here, yeah, and that and the celebrity okay. shit didn't start till till 04. Yeah, and it wasn't every year. Yeah, we'll excuse that. We're well, just talking about the wrestlers. The inducted. wrestlers. Yep. Now there's also tag teams. Well, what do you think of that 2013 class? Do you think anything can top that? That's ridiculous, that one. That's like, r- that's like, I, there's like, seriously, there's not a weak link at all in that one. Did you really just say ridiculous? Yeah, sometimes I say it. What about this one? 2014 has The Warrior. Yeah, the next year's good, too. I saw Snake this. Snake Roberts. Yep. Lita. Yep. Lita. Lita. <laughs> Paul Bearer. Mm-hmm. Remember with his, like, fat sons? Yeah, uh, Carlos Colon, the youngster. youngster. Yep, and Razor Ramon. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, 2013 beats that. Why? Only because it doesn't have Carlos Colon. Carlos doesn't have Carlos Colon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he is in wrestling. He is a legend. I in understand that, but he's clearly the weakest link of I, all I, these people. I like, think Lita is actually. But I don't. I do. I think she's uh, up there with Trish. No. I, I, I think she's Trish's macho man. Like she has to be in. All right, she's like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I think 2013 though. Yeah, that's that's Holy insane. Shit, that, like I didn't realize how insane that was. I mean, like, 11 is good though. The one with Sean Duggan, Bullet Bob, Sonny, and Abby. That right. was really good. But, but I would 13 is better, right? I, yeah, I would say 13. It's just about the roundedness of it in these these Rushmore ones because it's like there if there's not a weak link at all, then you're in. Like, period. Urine is right. Uh, I'm with you, Quinn. I'll put it in. Mm-hmm. I, I, nothing's going to knock that off. Yeah, that's right. that's insane. Okay. Like, so for uh, number two there, the Hall of Fame class of 2013. I want to get back to 04, though, Quinn, because it's the one that put Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan in. Yeah. I mean, that's good. How do you... Like, you can't fart on that, right? I mean... Not only are Ventura and Heenan in, but also like really deserving people like Sergeant Slaughter, yeah, Billy Graham, mm-hmm. Junkyard Dog, Harley Race. See, this is clearly the biggest. Um, it was the restart. All. Yeah, it's the restart. So but there's like on, a lot Quinn. of people here. Um, Everyone in there is deserving. Stud, Morocco, yeah. Greg Val, Dog. I mean, Santana. We got to put a four in. Come on, man. Is there any weak links in here? Not no. really. Not really. You're right. That's w- a big one. But I mean, I think Stud's the bi- the weakest He's the link. Weakest, but him or Santana. But either like they're well, fine. Sh- I-, I always thought Tito should just be in anyway. Tito like, should be in. So that's not really a weak link in my eyes. You think Stud's the weakest? I think you're yeah. right. You know, he was inducted by Big Show, of course, because you have to have the, <laughs> the big guy do it. I, but how do you? T- Heenan and Ventura 
and yeah. race. Right. It's and slaughter. And Graham. Yeah. It, See the names it, we're yeah, saying, Quinn? Yeah. And Hammer Time. And, and Hammer Time. And, and he's worth it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That then two thousand four is number three, I guess. All right. And this is where it's gonna get the nitty gritty, is for the four spot. So for number three, the class of two thousand four. All right, Quinn. So now it's going to get a little more difficult, though, I would say, because there's there's I still think Andre on his own. I know that sounds like corny, but why not? I don't know. There's no weak link. I think the biggest competitor right now is 1996. Let's why don't you read that one off to me again? Baron Mikel Cicluna. I know that sounds bad, but he's the the, the weak link. He's literally the weakest. Captain Lou, Mm -hmm. Superfly Snooka, Johnny Rods, Mm. Killer Kowalski, Pat Patterson and Vince McMahon Sr. Like, come on. Like. That's really good. You know, we haven't read 95. I'll do that one for you. Sure. Antonio Rocca. Nope. Big Cat Ernie Lad, definitely. What? Really? Yeah, hell yeah, man. I think he's uh, he's mid-card at best. He was awesome. No, yeah. he was he was a headliner. He was yeah, a, a big deal so. in the late 60s, early 70s. George Steele, definitely. Inducted by Doink the Clown, by the way. That's embarrassing. Uh, Ivan Paduski. I, I think he definitely deserves it. Fabulous Mula, fuck her, but she has to be in. Yeah, she has to. Uh, Grand, Grand Wizard, definitely. Yeah. Now, is that where they completed the Three Wisemen, or no? That was the next year. Next year with, with Albano. Yeah, and then Baron, I mean, uh, and Pedro Morales, which whatever. And they have the racist like Savio Vega induct him, of course. These are all like these are all really bad. Like, yeah, as far as the inductions, the inductions are concerned, are like right. Diesel, the champion inducts the headliner Rocca, uh, Bobo Brazil inducts Ernie Lad. How was Rocca the headliner? By the way, that's embarrassing. You know what, Quinn? Here's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! There's only one weak link in this one. Which one? Hold on to your hats, folks. Nin- uh, 2006. 2006. Ready? Bret Hart. Right. Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Mean Gene Okerlund. Sensational Sherry. Vern Gagne. And yeah, and this is where this is where <laughs> I'm not sure, Mr. USA Tony Alice. <sighs> but that's a better class than 96, Quinn. But wait, compare that to what's the other one with the with the Coco one. Uh, that's 09, is it? Yeah, 09. So that's Austin, which, yeah. Yeah. Steamboat. Yeah. Bill Watts, open the door. I mean, Bill Watts, a promoter forever. Howard and, Funkel. Yeah. Yeah. And Coco Ware. I think it's between those two, actually. Are you serious? Well, actually, I really, I still think 96 is the best of all those. Oh, shit. Like, all right. So are we down in 96, 06, and 09? That sounds about right. I think it is. Andre, we're just going to let it. Like let that it Antonio be. Rocca one, I don't like it that <laughs> no, much. And, uh, no, that one's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio Rocca, one of the worst color commentators, by the way. Yeah. Here's another thing, though. I want to just make this known, Quinn, because mm-hmm. I know we're kind of overlooking the groups and tag teams aspect because it's not every single year. But in 06, mm-hmm. the Blackjacks also went in. Oh. During the Bret Hart year. And in 09, the Funks and Von Erichs also went in. 09. And what was 09 again? Let's see. The what... Coco Beware one, but. Oh, so that makes up for actually a yeah. lot of the Coco stupidness. I think 09 has to go in. What about. Just go back to 96 one more time, though, okay. and compare that. Because 96 is like surprisingly good. Folks, at any time, of course, let us know what you think the best Hall of Fame class is. We're open to your opinion. We want your vantage point. So let us know. But 96, one more time to run it down is Mikel Cicluna. Yeah, but Captain Lou, Snuka, Rods, Kowalski, Patterson, and, and the Vince founder Senior. of the company himself. Yeah. I mean, like, <sighs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Again, like, o- I, you're right. O six has Brett. O six has Okerlund. Yeah, Sherry, Ganya, Tony Atlas. 
But what, did it have any weird tag team people that I'm missing? 06 had the Blackjacks, which they deserve That's it. Good, yeah. 09 had the Coco. Had the, Austin, yeah. Steamboat, Watts, Finkel. I think that uh, the 09 oh, is the... Uh, it's 09. Yeah, no, no, no. I think 09 is the weaker one. No way! No, I think it's between 96 and the other one. And 06? Yes. I truly do. Oh, I'm like surprised how good 96 is for like one of the ones that like the earlier ones. Yeah, like it's actually really good. Well, you think about like Pat Patterson. Yeah, that alone might put it over the top. That and Vince Senior. Yeah. And even though Baron's the weakest, we, we do know him as Johnny Rod's tag partner. So that's, that's, not, that's not so horrible. Also a tag champion once. Yeah. And uh, Captain Luke, when the man that invented WrestleMania, according to you. Yeah, I mean, it's saved it, wrestling. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. 96. Like, seriously. But what, like, that's good. There's a murderer in it, though. I understand that, but he's <laughs> like, you know, they can't all be winners, okay? Uh, you know what? As much as I really think it's 09, believe it or not, because of the Funks and Von Eriks yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. Pat Patterson is right. one of the men responsible for like all the things we love about wrestling. And Vince Senior, again, if, yeah. there, if there was no Vince Senior, there would be no company. Like, I'm, Yeah, because what is Vince Jr. buying from him? Yeah, and he already had like an established promotion and stuff. Like, it's yep. not like he bought nothing. Okay, you know what? Uh, no no argument there. Yep. If it wasn't for those guys. Not to mention just favorites like Johnny, Johnny Rods. Rods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so for the fourth spot is the, the uh, 1996 class all right michael so to recap for donnie we have 2005 Mm -hmm. 2013 2004 and 1996 a surprising black sheep underdog entrance there that is 96 was wow i I just i thought about it and i'm looking at him like it's a pretty good one pretty good Pretty, 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 pretty good. I'm going to give you one of the worst, Quinn, since you got to to start the best there. Sure. No harm intended here, but like 2012 isn't that good. I'm going to tell you why. Mil Mascarez, which I know like, and by the way, Del Rio inducted him, of course. (laughs) Um, I know he's a big deal to like Mexican wrestling. I don't like him. Yeah. He's a noted like fuck. And, yeah. and screw them. Does, that, does 2012, I know it doesn't has have as edge. many people. Has but edge. It, does it have any tag weird ones? That, well, okay. It has Edge. Yeah. Which is the headliner, pretty much. Right. He Again, yeah, he had to go in at some point. Fine. I, I'm okay with Edge. I thought, I th- I really think Edge is like extremely underrated. I really I know you like do. him. Like, Ron Simmons. Fine. Yeah. Yoko Zuna. Mm-hmm. But here, here, here might save them. The Horseman went in. Yeah, that's a good yeah, yeah, but it's still. Did the Horsemen headline it? Actually, maybe they did. It, either that yeah. or Ed. Yeah, you yeah. might be right. So, I mean, I, I can't entirely discredit it, but I'm not a big fan of that class. You know? Yeah, you know I what mean, I'm saying. Here's one that I think is actually weak, mm-hmm. even though like the headliner is good, and there's some good people in here. Yeah. So the Macho Man won in 2015. Yeah, I remember. However, that one. Mm-hmm. Rikishi. Yeah, Rikishi. Alondra Blaze. I mean, I like She's her, but... She's good. If you're putting Lita in. But here's, Lita. The, pro- here's the problem. Larry Zabisco. Oh, God! It might have been Bruno's yard! And also, Tatsusumi Fujinami. Tatsumi yeah. And Kevin Nash. I the mean, I have, no, Goldberg. I have no problem with Nash, but... Fuck Nash. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, it that, was okay. That, that That's very spotty, that class. It's true. And like, again, folks, some stuff might not entirely stink to make Death Valley, 
There has yeah. to be four worst of something if you're ranking anything. Well, what uh, the next year is not good either. What? I mean, like it, it's got a good headliner, a de- very deserving and sting, but it's yeah. got the Godfather. Yeah, um, I like Boss Man, but again, like you These know, aren't we're, big we're, as superstar a whole, names, right? Jacqueline, Stan Hansen, like Stan Hansen again, known in Japan, but yeah. like for like an American Hall of Fame, this right. is like a little weird. I'm gonna go back to '95 because. Antonio Rocca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't really like that one either. Ernie Ladd, yes, but yeah. you know George Steele, yes, but Paduski, yeah, but like nothing screams superstar here, right? Like Mula. The problem Wizard. is the lack of headliner. It's more like legacy. They're all like legacy to me. You yeah, know what I'm all, saying? All these would be legacy. It's like some people would probably say Pedro Morales is really the headliner because he was like the WWF champion or something. Or George like, Steele because he's yeah. probably the most well-known, most accessible. Yeah. It's not as good as 94 because 94 is the one that has Gorilla Monsoon and Jay Strongbow. Yeah, and, that one's a good so that one, one's actually. Safe. Yeah. 95 is the worst of the 90s ones. Right. Okay, so let's put 95 in our pocket here. I think we we need to, you and think again... we should just induct it? Maybe, but again, folks, just remember, this doesn't mean that they're horrible, but something has to be the worst when there's a bunch right. of things. Yeah. 95 is strongly in consideration. The one that Dusty got into is really good, right? Like, Yeah, actually, 07. I was looking at that. I'm surprised we didn't really talk about that, but I still don't think it would have beaten the other ones. No. It's Dusty, yep. Mr. Perfect, yep. the King, Jerry the King. Bach. Nick Bockwinkle, Fuji, Sheik, and Jim Ross. That's a really good one. That's actually really good. Yeah, I could have made it if we I were... I think that's like an honorable mention, actually, it now is. that I look at it. But I still, I, again, I still don't think it would have beaten the other ones. I don't think so either. I think 95 is up there, Quinn, and I, I think you, you might have something with the uh, the Larry Zabisco one. Yeah. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Although, here's one that's kind of um, weak. What? And correct me if I'm wrong about its weakness, and you can tell me if there's anyone extra I'm forgetting. Yeah, go ahead. The Million Dollar Man in 2010 mm, is the headliner. Yeah. Antonio Inoki, Wendy Richter, Mad Dog Vachon, Gorgeous George, the like the Gorgeous George. Just because. From the 50s. Yeah. And Stu Hart. Yeah. Well, do you disagree with any of them being in? I, mean, I don't I, disagree. I, I agree saying, with it. But, but we're talking about this as a whole. Power. Yeah. Like as a whole. That's that's true. Like, um, that's kind of weak. And is there is there some tag team or some crap on here that I'm not aware of? Well, Bob Euchre went in, if that matters. But we're not weighing. Well, the, I like the Euchre. We're but... not weighing the celebrities, right? We're just yeah. What what year was this? This uh, is ten. No, there was no tag teams that year. But the Euchre went in. But again, we're we're ignoring the celebrity end of it, right? right yeah. Okay. So if we're ignoring the celebrity end, the celebrity wing, and That's we're ignoring a weak the ass yeah. team. That's horrible, actually. It's, no, it, and no disrespect to Ted DiBiase. No, it's just he he shouldn't be headlining. The million dollar man should be with somebody else. I like yeah. him a lot, but he just shouldn't be headlining. Stu is in, gorgeous George. I mean, they should all be in, but you're yeah. right. As a class, it's weak as hell. It doesn't look great on paper. It looks terrible, actually. You think? Yeah, I think it's a bad class. Not worse than 95. I, all these people should have been interspersed in other classes. Yeah, that's There's fair. There's not one person that should headline anything. Okay, that's fair. But it's not worse than 95, Quinn. 95's worse. 95. One more time with a rundown there. Raka, Lad, Steel, Paduski, Mula, Wizard, Morales. Okay, I'm going to argue, and you might get mad. I'm I think mad. I think the other one is worse. Because okay, I'm not gonna you mad. got Pedro Morales. As much as I don't like him, he's like one of the early world champions. Like, he's very like known. F- like Fourth world champion or something, yeah, right? Like he's very known. <laughs> the big cat Ernie team. Ladd was very popular. Putski is another, like... Paduski. Paduski, very... A solid, yeah. like, always. And the fabulous Moolah. I mean, Shmula. come on. Yeah. Shmula. Actually, I think 95 
I don't know if it's going to be safe from the die, die, right, die. Right, because but, something has to be in. Right, but um, definitely the other one is worse. Okay, I think you're right, Quinn. Overall, so far, 2010 is pretty crappy. Yeah. And uh, and no, no disrespect to anybody. Again, folks, something has to be the worst if you're doing four of the worst. Yeah. I'll put 2010 in, Quinn, if you want to. You want to do it? Yeah, do it. All right, for number one, 2010. Die, die, die. I almost feel like die, die, die is too harsh. It should be like hurt, hurt, hurt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. This paper cut, might, paper cut, paper well, cut. sometimes the die, die, die is not as bad. Being the worst of something in this particular it, case is not right. really that bad. There's nothing like egregious going yeah. on, but I, I think you're you're right there. So, all right. So, 2010's in. 95 is still a contender. I still think that 2015 is a little weak. I agree with as you. As much as it's got the Macho Man on it, I mean, like... Got Larry Zabisco! The with problem the- is, is Zabisco, Fujinami... Rikishi? Rikishi. Those three. The Blaze and Nash are safe to me, but... They're safe. Now, we're not giving any weight to the induction speech, right? Because if no, we no, no, were, no. Zabisco's no. is one of the worst I've ever heard. Yeah. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Bill After for OneWrestling.com, Hall of Famer, and now a grandpa. Larry Zabisco, yeah. Bruno, my hero, and being some dumb kid crawling through this guy's hedges to meet him. We now return to your regular programming. It's also, awful. we forgot to say we're not counting the Warrior Award. No, I said that. Okay. Yeah, we're not counting the Warrior yeah. Award. We're not counting any of the ancillary bullshit that goes along with the Hall of Fame. Just yeah. straight up wrestlers. Now, I, just because we didn't even talk about it and if we're going to cover everything here. Yeah. Last year's Kurt Angle, Theodore Long. That wasn't that great of a Diamond class, Dallas Page, Beth Phoenix, Ravishing. Although there's not really, uh, other than Theo, there's not really a weak per se link. There's uh, Yeah, there's like, not, but it was okay. You yeah. know, one thing about 15. What? The Bushwhackers also went in, and they were awesome. They were good in their yep. speech. They saved it. Yeah, they were fun. Uh, but I think that's overall a shitty, like... It's not great. No, it, it sucks to say that about the Macho Man one. Yeah. But, like, it was, like, basically Macho, macho Man and, like, some people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just to fill it out. Like, I, I mean, I wish you weren't right about yeah. that. They put so much weight on Randy Savage mm-hmm. that it's, like... It kind of like weakened the rest of it. Okay, you know what I mean. Uh, I'll I'll go with you, Quinn. If you want to put 2015 in, yeah, I think it's worse. And again, worse is relative here, but I think it's worse than 95. Yeah, honestly, like looking at 95 a little closer, it's not as bad as I initially right. thought. Okay, so for number two, then we're in agreement. We'll do 2015. Mm-hmm. All right, for number two, 2015. Die, die, die. Now. Mm-hmm. One of the things we have to consider, though, because now we're starting to narrow it down to the the gritty and the nitty, if you mm-hmm. will, here in Death Valley, is 95 might still make it. Right. That's the that's the issue here, right? It's, it could still make it, and it's but, not like its fault, you know? But will it beat, um, what about 2012 again? 2012. Mil- 2012, Mil Mascara's Edge, yes. Ron Simmons, Yokozuna. That's the and, one. But that's the one with the horseman the or horseman something? The horseman saved it, right? Right. The horseman saved it, but it's not really great otherwise i mean I, I know edge is i'm i'm seriously okay with edge like i really think he's deserving but mil masquerez and ron simmons damn and honestly i know you love yoko but like, i love yoko but as like malonis i love fat wrestlers so does quinn we love fat wrestlers malonis including you yeah but when we're talking about rounding out a hall of fame class that's it's certainly fucking that's round all, <laughs> rotund yes but that's already kind of weak right and that needs a group on top of Edge. Edge and a group. To <laughs> if Yoko it. was on top of Edge, he'd be, he'd be yeah. dead. Do you feel that that um, kind of makes it weak? 
I, I kind I, of because I'm really I'm really feeling 2012 right now as as one of the weaker ones. Well, I mean, it had Mil Mascarez on it. Fuck Mil Mascarez. How he about that? Stinks. Like, like seriously. What is the? What am I missing with Mil Mascarez? <laughs> By the way, on an aside, why is he fucking good? Like, what? He wears two masks. It's not a million or whatever the number. Thousand, yeah. Thousand. What? I don't. I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know. But like, he doesn't wear multiple. He wears two masks, not three, not a thousand, not a million, mm-hmm. whatever. Why is he such a big deal? And he doesn't do jumpy stuff. I don't get He's an it. Asshole. Yeah, he just seems <laughs> no job, like, no yap. <laughs> he just like toddles his way in there. Yeah, farts around, and they're like, "He's the best wrestler in Mexico, the Mexican heavyweight champion, or whatever they always say when he's in the ring in WWF." I mean, you know what, what? is the deal? Yeah, like what? seriously, what? What is the deal? What is the deal? All right, you know, can we put this class in? Yeah, I'm fine with it because, like, I know you like Yoko, but come on. The, the well, I know of, you like Edge, but come and, on. And I think Ron Simmons is is damn. Yeah, I because he pl- he was a Heisman contender, nice guy, gladiator, but Hall of Famer, always pounding ass. Farouk, Farouk, yeah, Farouk Assad. Yeah, let's throw this class Assad. Yeah, for, for number three, two thousand twelve. Die, die, die. <laughs> All right, Quinn. We, I think 95 is still like, unfortunately. Maybe, but there's also the, did we put the Larry's Abisco one in? I forget now. Yeah, we did. But okay. I think, I think 2000, I mean, sorry, I think 95 is still an elephant in the room. Maybe not an elephant, maybe like a baby, like hippo, but it's yeah. still in the room. I think 2016 is, uh, is crap. The, is crap. What, what's going on in I, 16, Quinn? I, okay, the headliner's good and sting, right? If but, I ever lose <laughs> my faith. But yeah. the Godfather. Oh, train. Big boss, man. I know we like he's him. He's fantastic. But Don't you ever. He's not a weak link. No. Um, but Jacqueline and Stan Hansen. Hey, Sable. <laughs> Sable. <laughs> you got three weak links right there. Hansen's good, man. In I, Japan. In Japan. He's the Japanese mill master. But this is the same thing with the Fujinami, like, kind of, uh, to me, it put it over the top on the other one, also. Yeah, but Quinn, Joan London won the Warrior Award. We're not counting that. <laughs> Get it out of here. Snoop Dogg, I, too, <laughs> was in there. 16. 16's bad. I, I think it's not even as bad as 95. I think 95 is like, it's safe. safe. I think it's safe. It, I think this is worse. It like slid into home and the um called it safe, it's huh? It's just barely safe. Well, it's got, to be fair, Ernie Ladd, George Steele, Paduski, Mula, Wizard, and Morales. Yeah, you it's can't just fuck another with. generation. That's the thing. It's yeah. like I think that's why we're looking at it in a. But like in 1996, that's a very relevant Hall of Fame class. Those are people who are aging and out, five, and yeah. like, like it's time for them to be in the Hall of Fame. Whereas this one, like, Stan why is Hansen. the God, why is the Godfather in the Hall of Fame? Seriously, why? Comma Papa Shango, like all these people, like why yeah, is he? Okay. Why is he in the Hall of Fame? I, 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 we weren't around uh, uh, we were that was our first year but we started in October we weren't around to criticize that at the time you're right but like, I mean privately we were like oh, I guess he should be I wasn't why. mad about it or anything no. but I was like really not the best class and again sometimes the worst of something that's really good doesn't mean it's really bad yeah like and here's the thing is like those two years right mm-hmm. um, the 2016-2017 we had Jacqueline and Beth Phoenix right Beth Phoenix is infinitely more deserving than Jacqueline. I, Jacqueline, Beth Phoenix was really good in her yeah. time. Like, she was. like Jack, Some of it's not Jackie's fault because she was shoved into stupid feuds. But you're right. Yeah. You're right. Boss man, though, Quinn. I love the big bosom man. I know, but... 
I love the big bosom man. But See, again, you know what puts this one over the top? Yeah. Is that I just don't think Stan Hansen is like a strong. Con- like he's, he's one of the g- best foreign wrestlers in Japan ever, though. However, he's very like in this in a class that needs somebody. He's not the guy for this class. Like if he was in any other class. Like oh six or something. Yeah, like he just this is not the spot for Stan Hansen. Like in any other year. He's a very kind man though. It was a very nice speech. Surprisingly, considering right? like how he is in real life, yeah. like we've seen him be in the past. But he's also like the inspiration for Bradshaw, and that pisses me off. So I think Is that, that a good thing? No. No, yeah. That's what I like fuck Bradshaw, right? Right. So because of that, we can put this in. Yeah, there you go. That if that makes you sleep at night, it does actually. Okay. Uh, so for number four, 2016. Die, die, die. Well, to recap for Donnie, there it's 2010, 2015, 2012, and 2016. 95 made it, Quinn. Yeah, it, like worked its way up as we filtered I, down. Yeah, through it the honestly shit. wasn't as bad as initially, no. like the impact, and then we looked at it for and like, oh, wait a second, you know, this isn't too bad. Yeah. So, folks, let us know yours. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com or simply go to the group and let us know. But we're coming back because we are reviewing something back after this. Awards are stupid. (laughs) Every real estate office has some framed five diamond (laughs) president's award thing by the desk. Every hotel check-in has some gold circle service thing every car salesman's a platinum jubilee winner and it's all a big jerk off it's it's it is the hotel sucks the real estate person is stupid and the only thing the car salesman is good at is ripping you off and why because awards don't mean a goddamn thing Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes, we are. This is a a continuation, I guess, of an unintentional series we have been doing. (laughs) I guess it's going to turn into a quadrilogy even though this is the third one, but or even a quintology. Yeah, I, I don't know what the what the name. Of, oh, yes, yes, quintology. That's <laughs> a better name for Thank it, you. folks. We've done the main event from February of 1988. We did the main event from February of 1989. But who the hell expected us to do the main event from February of 1990? And Quinn, why wouldn't anyone expect us to do the main event of February of 1990? Because this is when nobody gave a shit about the main event. <laughs> There's only really two that people ever cared about. That's it was correct. the uh, the Andre one and the Macho Man getting all mad and <laughs> yeah. that one having a hissy yeah. basically at Hogan in the the medical room and right. Hogan acting. Oh Randy! Oh uh, Randy! That yeah. one. Oh Randy! Uh, folks, we're doing WWF Main Event Three from February twenty third, nineteen ninety. A very brief refresher on the main event versus Saturday night's main event. Right. It's uh, a little confusing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the key difference is that this was not on a Saturday. Right. It was on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Still on NBC. Similar logo. Instead of Saturday night, it was just the. Yeah, they just they used the bottom portion of the logo and made it bigger. <laughs> yes. Like, essentially. <laughs> You're right. And um, it was on Fridays and primetime instead of late night. Right. Whereas Saturday night's main event took the time slot 
of starting that live. So this was on at like eight o'clock or something. Yeah, right? eight or nine, right? Yeah. And it was one hour instead of an hour and a half. Correct. So the first two, like Quinn alluded to, were a big deal, especially the first. I mean, Hogan Andre rematch from primetime. Yeah, it's crazy. Huge, right? And then the second one, still very respectable. Hogan the mega powers explode. Yeah, they explode versus the Twin Towers. Right. And uh, Hogan uh, gets turned on by Savage and gets attacked in the medical facility. Yeah. Because Vince doesn't say hospital or anything like that. Ever. Ever. I don't think anyone was really clamoring for a third. Well, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. Was there an expectation by 90 that like every February the main event would happen? I don't know, right? Because uh, certainly it did happen again in 1991, which right. like Quinn said. And there's also like the weird one in November of 90. Which will complete the Quintology. Yeah, we'll do all of them. But the main event three from February of 1990 was in a weird spot, Quinn, because the Royal Rumble had just happened. Right. And... We were clearly building towards something, but whereas the 89 one built towards Hogan Savage, yeah, this one kind of blew off Hogan Savage well, in a weird way. It blew way. off Hogan Savage, not only that, and the other thing is they already know the main event for WrestleMania 6, so it's like, it's what weird. the fuck is the point of this? It's very much Scream's placeholder infomercial for WrestleMania 6. Yeah, I feel like they shouldn't have exposed what the main event of 6 was to, like, the end of this show or the right. middle of it or something. Exactly. Like, that should have been the point of it, to tell you, like, this is what the match is. So right. that they tell everyone, like, on primetime, it's like, oh, shit, the Warrior's gonna fight Hulk Hogan. Right, Exactly. Because the main event here of the main event yeah. is Hogan versus Savage. And yes, in 1990. Right. But it's February, to be fair. It's early. It's still 90, Quinn. And, right. and the thing is, is that Hogan and Savage, if you recall, folks, have been feuding on and off since 1980 frickin' five. Right. So However, their, their feud proper started in February of 89, the year before. This feud. At the main event. But... There was a, a different feud in 85 through 86. Mm -hmm. Basically, Savage came in and is like, I don't like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, since the beginning, he never liked him. <laughs> so then they then they kissed and made up in 87 and 88, yeah. and then they broke up again in 89. And we're still doing this in 1990 before WrestleMania 6. So, so Joe, yes. for this particular Savage versus Hulk Hogan match, what's the draw? So Mike Tyson had been the world boxing champion, undisputed, all WBA, WBF, fucking <laughs> Ring Magazine, IBF, all that shit, right? All the, all the, all the title belts. Punch out, yeah, <laughs> Punch out champion. He was uh, everything. everything, yeah. And uh, he'd been the champion for a long ass time. He had defeated, if I'm not mistaken, Trevor Burbick mm -hmm. uh, in '86 to win his first championship, and he had been undefeated, much like Bill Goldberg, right? Like we discussed earlier yes. in the show. So Mike Tyson had what many people considered kind of a throwaway defense. Yeah. Against James Buster Douglas, a journeyman, kind of an underdog. In the Tokyo Dome. In the Tokyo Dome, yeah. where Dave Meltzer matches it up all yeah. the time. Match. It was five stars, this match with yeah. Buster Douglas, probably. <laughs> and this is January of 1990. Very, yeah. very recent, right? Mike Tyson had already been advertised to be the special guest referee. Yes. World heavyweight Saturday. champion, Mike Tyson. That was in the advertisement. Yeah. That's actually pretty, um, you know, that's pretty juicy right there. Yeah. You have... The Mike Tyson, at the height of his Mike Tyson-ness, yeah. he had not been yet accused of rape. Mm -hmm. He had never lost yet. No ear biting, no tigers, no face tattoo. Yeah, he was awesome, basically. He's not he, a punchline. He was the man. Black trunks. Yep. You know, kick like your short ass. boots. Uh, kick your ass. Yep. Had yet to lose a fight. So you got Tyson, Hogan, 
and Savage. Now, on paper, this looks tremendous. Absolutely. This is even a bigger deal to me than Tyson, Austin, and Michaels. Oh, hell yeah. This is a really big deal. Well, Tyson kind of loses by knockout to Buster Douglas in the 10th round. Very notable loss, by the way. Like, one of the biggest upsets in boxing and sports history in general. Absolutely. Landing the... And all of a sudden, we have a new undisputed world champion, James Buster Douglas. Now, Joe, I don't know if you know this. This is a question. Maybe our fans will know it. Mm-hmm. Did Tyson exit this? Um, he didn't appear because he was like recovering or embarrassed or he wasn't doing appearances because he was pissed that he lost or like why like why did he not do this i don't know if it was a situation where tyson decided not to but douglas decided to do it Mm because obviously there's a payday in this Mm -hmm. or if wwf made that call i'm not sure of who made yeah i wonder i wonder that's actually a mystery i've never really thought about so folks if you know let us know I don't know if it was Tyson backing out because he's still a bigger name. The thing is, it seems like one of those situations where um, if you lost the world title in a, a very embarrassing way, you might not want to show face. You might not want to show face for a couple months, let it blow over, yeah. get your rematch, and you right. know, go on with your life. Right. Like, but which interesting, interestingly enough, the epilogue to Douglas here is he was in great shape here, trained for the fight of his life against Mike Tyson, beat him. Yeah. He showed up way overweight several months later against Evander Holyfield and got the crap kicked out of right. him by Holyfield. It just he was a pretender. It was it was literally a fluke. It like, was a fluke. It proves that like Tyson wasn't shitty. It was just a complete Oh yeah. You know, honestly, that's the thing with boxing that I've always like you know, it, it makes sense to me. Welcome to our vantage point, the yeah. retro boxing podcast. Right. But in in boxing, it's like how they say in football any given Sunday. It's like any stray punch could just knock you out. Like it, sure. like, it can happen at any time. And here you go. This is the exact situation. That's an exact situation. That's actually, in fact, now that you mention it here on our, our Vantage Point Retro Boxing Podcast, George Foreman at age 45 won the world title from Michael Moore in November of 1994 with a stray punch to the jaw, caught him. That was it. Yeah, it's it's the it's the nature of the beast, right? And yeah, if you're the champion, you, you know that could that shit can happen to that you. That shit like, can happen to you. It's like somebody just it's like <laughs> boing. My body is like no. Yep. Like you can't control being knocked out. When you're knocked out, <laughs> your body is literally like I'm not getting up. Goodbye. Yeah. Like so. <laughs> that's sorry. But Quinn, let's get to the main event, shall yeah. we? Yes. We have a cold open here with the usual, dun, 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 you know, the Saturday yeah. Night's Main Event like bumper music. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, I got the most powerful right hand in the world. Right. And Quinn, you said to me, Sherry was in all her glory during oh, this promo. Oh, she's fantastic. She's <laughs> doing the, you know, putting her hands around yep. Randy Savage thing. We love Sherry and Savage. And she's, you know, she's in her queen garb yep. and the, the, the face pain, everything. Yep. She's sh- She's got S earrings on. Yes, she does. Yeah. And then we cut to, <laughs> this was great, Jack Tunney. This is beautiful. Earl Hebner. 
Buster's trainer, some guy in a hat, more on him later, and Buster himself going over the rules for this match. Never fucking again will yeah. there be bullshit in these Savage Hogan matches, and <laughs> you better fucking ref it. Like, I love our Tunny, like, he yeah. always, like, curses for yeah, some reason. for some reason. You're familiar with the rules of the WWF. You will be the inside referee, and Mr. Douglas, you will be the outside referee. And also, like, uh, I remember Quinn, uh, Buster's trainer was, like, giving him advice on how to ref. Okay, champ, it's no different than in Tokyo. Stay on the outside, stick to the plan, don't get pushed around. Not by Savage or not by Hogan. Call it like you see it, right down the middle. I don't understand. So he's a boxing trainer and a ref trainer, too? Like <laughs> a, a wrestling ref trainer, no Wrestling less. ref trainer. It's, it, he's like, don't take shit from them. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like what? Yeah, it's weird. Also, this really bothers me. Why does Douglas have the 1995 ref uniform? I don't know why this the bothers stripes. you so much. I think, first of all, Douglas looks good in the stripes. Well, like, I'll make sure to tell him that. Is he no, dead? No, I mean that. I mean it because you said he was overweight. Is Buster Douglas dead? I don't know. Does it seem like he would be? maybe anyway you could look it up while we're reviewing i'm gonna look it up but i do know this quinn hogan is in full like hasbro action figure mode oh he looks like the toy basically and his his suntan is so strong that it looks like he's gonna like his skin's gonna like melt off or something it's true like he sounds like cocaine and he looks like a turkey it seriously looks like he's been baking in an oven for so long (laughs) that if you touched him it would actually like burn you yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Buster Douglas is very much alive. He'll be 58 in April. Okay, there uh, you go. So we have the usual custom intro, the Saturday Night's Main Event song, the second song, not Obsession right. by uh, Animotion. But that was the actual intro for this. That's then, not yes. dubbed in or anything. Not yeah. Uh, and we're hosted, of course, by Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura from the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And Quinn, you said to me, you feel like the beginning of 1990 is so glorious. It is. It's Everything's going right, right? I mean, they, they just the whole program, the production is perfect. Absolutely. Like, Everything, I look. It looks like I'm watching a cartoon. Yep. Like and but in a good way. In a good way. Bright colors and 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 superhero characters and everyone's just clicking on all cylinders. I'm like, why the fuck would Jesse want to leave? I don't care. Like whatever money disputes he's having. It was money. How could you go from this? This slick ass, perfectly produced. (laughs) Nothing really wrong with it product to like WCW, WCW in like 1991. It's a fair question. Yeah. Vince Quinn mentions that Dino Bravo <laughs> is the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, just after I compliment the WWF on like the good shape it's in, <laughs> Dino Bravo, it's like, oh, you thought it was in good condition? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and the announcers act, by the way, like it's somehow better that Buster is here instead of Tyson. Yeah, they, it's what? N- nobody cares. No one gives a shit about Buster Douglas. There's probably a lot of people who are like, who? Yeah, like, really? Seriously. That don't follow boxing? Right. They're like, wait, Mike Tyson lost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Mean Gene, who's with the King and the Queen. And why is Savage Quinn wearing like a cellophane duster? Well, I I was explaining this to you is that he had his usual like neon duster that, <laughs> that it's cellophane, but usually we're used to seeing it like not zipped up. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like zipped up so it looks like he's in like a tube of cellophane. I got you. Right. You also said to, you said to me here, and I agree with you, it's weird seeing him be the macho king but fighting hogan yeah because i associate the classic macho man in his final form fighting right. hogan not the king version like the spring of 89 summer yeah. of 89 macho man right fighting exactly hogan. i agree with you sherry says that hogan ain't making it to wrestlemania as champions the warrior uh so let's go to the fink mm-hmm. and mm. literally the fink in quotes yes 
No he, Howard he, Finkel. He's officially a character now. Yeah, <laughs> the Fink. We have Savage and Sherry on their way in a very nice cardboard-looking uh, sedan <laughs> or caravan. Them. Very. Earl is the ref Quinn in the long-sleeve edition, like the normal attire. Right, right. You know, the boxing ref attire. <laughs> even though even though Buster's got, like, the the lock, Foot Locker freaking shirt on. <laughs> I mean, that shirt is tight as hell. Like, he almost looks like he does work at Foot Locker. <laughs> Like, I'm surprised they didn't give him some fresh kicks for this, for, for this gig. Let's go backstage with Gene with, yeah. like, a light pink shirt on. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah, what, I don't what? know. The whole time I'm noticing this fucking shirt, and, like, I'm like, why is it pink slightly? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the video is fucked up or pink. something. You think it's really pink? I think Gene is wearing pink. Who wears a pink <laughs> shirt with a tux? That's not, you're not supposed to do that. You're not Maybe supposed with to do a that. B- baby blue, but not pink. Well, I guess you could wear, like, but more pronounced pink, not like a faded pink. Girl Monsoon seems like he would wear a light pink with a tux. I think he did, actually. Think he did. Yeah. <laughs> Gene's with the Hulka, by the way. And, uh, Hulka here says Buster Douglas has a lot in common with them. And uh, Quinn, you pointed that. Yeah, Hogan's a real underdog, yeah, just like what him. What is this? He's, <laughs> he's acting like it's like Douglas. He, nobody expect him to win, just like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 what? What, like when he fought the Iron Sheik or something? Because I think everyone thought he was going to win. What a fucking asshole. Why does he always do this, Joe? I don't Joe? know. Like, he's, seriously. He hijacks everything. He he's, has to relate to everything, even though it's completely unrelatable to him. <sighs> Hogan's he thinks a he's a regular guy, doesn't he? He's like, totally not. Yeah. First of all, regular people aren't that color yeah. uh, of orange, burnt sienna. Hogan also says this could be the last time he faces Savage. And also, not only, he might also win the boxing title from Douglas tonight. How the fuck does... How? How, Joe? How is that supposed to happen? Tell me. I love Hogan, Quinn. I know, but the he audacity. just says so much stupid shit sometimes. <laughs> Who else would have the audacity to, as a face to even think of saying something like that? I don't know. John Cena, maybe. Yeah. And not even, I don't think. Like, I, I Brett, just, no. I don't understand where he gets off with this shit. I don't know. Like, seriously, I've never heard a face talk like this in the history of wrestling. <laughs> There's like only even one Hogan. Stone Cold, who's supposed to be a heel, doesn't talk like this. <laughs> you know, You're like right. he's a heel face kind of yeah, guy. He's a heel face. Hogan has a rather standard Hulk Hogan entrance, but we keep going backstage. Now Gene is with Buster Douglas, and we're honest- basically doing everything over from the intro. <laughs> we are. They're they're milking the shit out of this, like uh, this this match in general. They are uh, honestly too. Douglas looks like he's holding in a poopy the whole promo, like wiggling back and forth. <laughs> Maybe very he actually had to take a shit. He like, might have the been. whole match, everything, because he is running later, remember? <laughs> he is. And uh, Gene gives like a PSA about working hard. Remember, he's like, if you work hard and you follow your dreams, you can do whatever you want. If you want something bad enough, if you work hard enough, then indeed your dreams will come true. That's everyone's life, really. Yeah. You get a straight punch on Mike Tyson and you're the world champion of boxing. Yep. Buster says he's a champ, so that's why he's here. And then they act, Quinn. Like, he's the actual ref, even though he's not. They always do this in, in celebrity Did things. With Tyson, Ali. Yeah, anytime the celebrity is, like, the guest, like, not real ref guy. Robert they, Conrad. Yeah, they always act like they have any kind of authority. They're essentially people that just sit outside and, like, look at things. And then, like, <laughs> if, like, something maybe happens, yeah. they do it. And most of the time, they don't end up doing anything. They're just like like Muhammad Ali, for example. Oh, my miracles. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't know why. I never liked the second ref thing. I, I never the only did person who probably ever liked it was Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> like, we had two referees here, he Jess. Gets, there should be two referees for a midget match. <laughs> like, he's ridiculous. Technically, all you need is a half a ref. Oh, boy. 
Douglas makes a nice entrance here with his trainer, who we mentioned, who looks like a cross between Pete Rose. How about mm-hmm. it? And Ray Combs. It's a survey. Yeah, I said Ray Combs. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't see the Pete Rose part. I definitely saw the Pete Rose. But the best part about this guy, Quinn, he's wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Yes, but before that was a thing. So I think the uh, Donald Trump got his hat design uh, from Buster Douglas's team, which actually in a weird way makes sense from a guy that had boxing matches from his Caesar's Palace days or whatever. Trump Plaza. Maybe that just that that inkling of a thought got in his head and he just he'd have dreams about it for years. <laughs> like, man, a red hat with white letters. Like it's huge, tremendous best hat ever. Yeah. And, and finally the day came in 2016 when he started campaigning. It's like, you know where I could use this idea for my presidential campaign? <laughs> yeah, that is Trump Plaza, by the way. Yeah. Not to be confused with Caesar's Palace in the Poconos. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I said Poconos, man. So- casino instead of uh Poconos. in the Poconos <laughs> instead of uh trump's trump plaza my bad my bad in Atlantic City in the Poconos. douglas holds up the winged eagle i don't like this he's acting like he's the champion or something and hulk has a weird look in the background if you notice like yeah the whole well, time why the fuck are you holding my belt up like you're the winner or something uh, hogan's gonna take buster's yeah, title like if i'm hogan i'm pissed because i'm also going after that ta- that uh not tag title but the boxing, uh, boxing belt or whatever where was the boxing title if it was on the line according to hogan yeah. like, <laughs> i don't believe anything hogan says <laughs> by the way like ever uh savage is wearing his neon attire with the shirt but hogan powers him down to start as the bell rings and then quinn of course all is well because the shirt comes off And this is very much what you would expect from, like, a latter-day Hogan Savage yeah, match. I said to you, I think this is just an excuse to have a Buster Douglas thing on the show. I like, think you're right. Like, this, there, there's so much stalling and, like, yeah. interacting with Buster and... It's- Hey, Buster's here. Yeah. Like it's like a bunch of bullshit. It's not about the wrestling. Meltzer probably gave it a very bad match rating, it, but that's what it should be. To be fair, uh, you're right. It's yeah. on primetime television yeah. on NBC. It, it's not C. meant to be like some classic. No, or anything. that's the thing. Yeah. no one cared about that. Yeah, they're just like, wait, Buster Douglas is here. That's sort of interesting. I'll right. keep the channel for a minute, and yeah. then. Then he, they, people probably left after the first commercial break because it's fucking Buster Douglas. Like, it's like, okay, I got enough Buster Douglas for one day. Fuck this. I hope he loses the title in a couple months. Slick, short, cropped hair by Earl Hebner, looking very dapper. Yeah, very dapper. Very dapper Earl Earlster there. <laughs> Douglas warns Savage about coming off the top rope to the outside. This is bullshit because, first of all, he has five to be up there, right? First of all. Second of all. Get the fuck like, out of the way. You're not supposed to be interfering with the match. Yeah, like, you don't get in the way of it. Like, if he does that shit in the in between the five count, it's perfectly legal. Yeah, and Jesse rightfully points all this out. Like, what right does Douglas have to be interfering? It's bullshit. Then, of course, Sherry, because she's awesome, takes the best bump of the match so far. Yeah. Courtesy of like a missed knee by Savage. Yeah, Savage like, went for well, Hogan. Well, Hogan was trying to like wring her. her neck or something before. Well, she he grabbed her by the dress, like the top yeah. portion of her dress. Of course he did. Yeah, and then he starts shaking her, and then he of course he moves out of the way right when Savage is coming for a knee. Dick. But Sherry, of course, you know MVP always, always the best, the best bumps, huge. Uh, Hogan does some killing of Savage. As Quinn and I note, the overall odd feel to the show. It's just like candy for the eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like it's like look at all these bright colors. Look at these celebrity boxing men. Look at these wrestlers that you've heard of. Like it's like look at Earl Hebner in a long shirt. Like yeah. it, look at how bright it is. You, look how right, blue though. the ring is. Like, like the yelling announcers. Yeah. You know what, Quinn? That's a really good point. Whereas eighty eight and eighty nine, 
had a lot to offer for like the current wrestling fan in terms of storyline yeah. and things that you wanted to see. No one cared, and I know I know it wasn't around, but knowing the history of like the way the WWF unfolded, I can't imagine that many people caring about this match in ninety. Wrestling fans, no, because they'd seen it. But if you're a guy that doesn't right. you've heard of WWF, maybe you've seen a match or two. You right. say, oh, it's Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, and I there's a them. special guest referee from like a real sport. Right. So like, and I'm going to watch this. Yeah. I have nothing to do tonight. It's, yeah, it's Friday. It's yep. 8, whatever. I didn't go out tonight. I don't watch TGIF. I or maybe, like, I maybe like the Miller kids Boyette. are sleeping and I, yeah. uh, you know, I got nothing to do. Right. Drunk. Yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, Axe Baba! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Body slam, elbow, ground and pound by Hogan. Hogan tells Earl that he'll throw him out of here. Yeah, what? He thinks he's everything, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Like, he thinks, like, he's the ref, he's the ring, <laughs> the boxing he's champion. the entranceway, yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know, I just, Hogan, he, the tinge of obnoxiousness is starting to, like, yeah. happen in early 90. As much as I still like him in I like 90, him too. he's, like, getting he's there. He's getting like, there. He's starting to think of himself as bigger than wrestling. A little too big for his yellow britches, if you will. His yellow underpants. <laughs> Sherry grabs Hogan by the ankle, savage attack. Sherry chokes Hogan. Douglas <laughs> throws her out, like literally chases I, her out of ringside. I honestly don't like this just because that means we don't get any more Sherry. I know, she's, and she's so good. she's so fun and good. We come back from commercial as Douglas is gingerly jogging back to the ring. Like I said, poop in the pants here. Yeah, but he's been holding it in the whole match. <laughs> Give him a break, Joe. And then as he's on his way to the ring, the bell rings. Yeah, it's like almost like, it, well, because they're coming back from commercial, yeah, right? But still. It's almost like they have to say, like, oh, by the way, there's a match. And I it guess. almost seems like it was done in post. Did you notice that? Like, maybe, maybe it, well, I don't, isn't this live? They can add that while, like, or not in post, but they can add, they can overdub that live. I mean, if, on seven we can delay. do it in this freaking, like, thing. You, what do you on mean, this, like, on right this now? Pro, yeah, on this program, we can do it. Yeah, you're right. Savage pours it on with the offense there. Double axe for two. You know, the usual Savage offense against Hogan. Tries a few pinfalls to no avail. Douglas again tries to stop Savage from leaping off to on Hogan to the outside. Mm-hmm. Back inside. Body slam and a flying elbow for two. It's WrestleMania 5 all over again, yep. folks. Hulk up. Punches. You. Big boot. Yeah. But Savage bells. Now, Joe, if you recall, you were writing the notes for this before it even happened. Yes, and noted it, was. it to me because it was so predictable. Yep. However, they, you know, they tricked us. With Savage so. bailing on the big boot. Right. And then Earl gets bumped. And, oh, boy. And, and, and then. That's, yep, and that's the thing. That's that's Douglas's cue there. Yep. Buster. Then we get the leg drop. So Douglas counts the pin. Mm-hmm. And Hogan wins. And I got to say, Quinn, and for you fans at home. My main problem with this entire match is not Hogan winning. Yeah. It's not Sherry getting thrown out. Mm-hmm. Is not the fact that it's Hogan Savage in 1990. It's that the referees' uniforms don't match. You're so mad about this. It pisses I, me off. I just don't get it. Like, I don't really care. Like, Buster Douglas, you don't know what he's fucking doing. Well, that's true. I'll agree like, with he, you there. He's Mr. Footlocker tonight. I, <laughs> I don't know what... To, he's got a poop. Like, he... He wasn't supposed to be here. He's like being nice enough to like replace Mike Tyson. Like, stop giving him a problem about the fucking uniform. And I'm sure he didn't even pick that shit out. Some doofus did it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we should blame some doofus. Yeah. Savage yells at Buster Douglas for a while. And like, I mean, it. we take forever here as Savage kind of dicks around with Douglas while Hogan and Earl are watching. It's weird. That is really weird. And then Savage slaps him. Why and, is this happening? Yeah, like, like, what the hell's going on and, here? And this is when I, I, I realize, like, 
wait a sec, they're just milking this because all we have else is Dino Bravo versus the Ultimate Warrior, and there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. like, this buster bullshit, it needs to be the whole show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is minutes worth. Like, mm-hmm. Tyson punched Michaels right away, pretty much. Yeah, but they were about to go off the air, if you recall. Good point. Like, it's, like, near the end of the pay-per-view. Good point. This is, like, directly in the middle of a television slot that they have a lot of time left for. That's a good point. Quinn, you know what's bullshit? You know what's bullshit? (laughs) Hogan shoves Savage into Douglas. Why was that necessary? First of all, Buster Douglas is a fucking pussy. (laughs) In in wrestling terms. You know why? Why? He's the world heavyweight boxing champion, right? Yes. Why in the shit does he need Hulk Hogan's help to beat, like, a fake fighting man in, That's a good point. in boxing? That's a good point, Like, Quinn. he should be able to just do the punch and win. Like, Mike Tyson had no fucking issue. He didn't need any help. <laughs> so um, He's just fucking imitation. Like, he's garbage, Joe. It actually takes two punches for him to knock Savage out. Yeah, Not, exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's all you need to know. That's because Savage is a macho man. He's very macho. Very, very macho. And what the hell with Hogan pushing him into it? Come on, dick. That you won. Yeah. Like, give, just like, stop. leave. You won. You don't have to face Macho Man anymore in the it's WWF. Over with. Like, maybe in WCW, but you don't have to <sighs> face him here anymore. So let's move like, on. Let's move on. And all this time could have been spent with, like, the warrior confronting Hogan. Like, that's what should be happening. I know. Instead, we fart around as Douglas and Hogan pose. Let's yeah. go to the warrior who's, um, well, he's talking to his hands and. <sighs> Saying shit about the heat of Mercury and the clouds of Jupiter. The cosmic powers of Mars, the clouds of Jupiter, the rings of Saturn. He basically gives us an astronomy lesson. Yeah, it's terrible. We fade back to Pose Fest 90 here. <laughs> and then Jesse is with Dino and company, which sucks. And Bravo, as usual, looks like crap. Yep. And Quinn, you pretty much just said to me, Dino Bravo sucks. Yep, uh, that's always the opinion when Dino Bravo comes out. And, you know, it's funny. You always think, like, I've seen enough Dino Bravo matches, right? I'll be able to brace myself. No. But he just fucking comes out. He's crappy. You look at him for, like, three minutes and you're like, Dino Bravo fucking sucks. Like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. How was he employed so long? How? How was he getting a shot here instead of Earthquake? Like, literally his existence, you can chalk it up to Canadian content on Maple Leaf Wrestling. That's the point of him. It's bullshit. (laughs) So, as Bravo says the warrior stinks, Jimmy Hart name drops uh, Aetna Insurance. Yeah. Earthquake sadly doesn't yell. He doesn't say anything. No. Then as Bravo enters, Quinn, the EQing is like weird <laughs> on his all music. Bizarre. Like, but I mean, isn't that indicative of Dino Bravo? Yeah. It's like they can't even get his music right. Jackie Ventura doesn't even know what double indemnity means. This contest is for the Intercontinental Championship. It's all echoey and it, shit. It, it, like, is, it sounds weird. Yeah, I, think, it, I don't think it's a different song. I just think somebody like didn't really give a shit about Dino Bravo's music <laughs> well, in the control room. Most wouldn't. Yeah. Jeans with the Warrior. Warrior says that he needs not earthquake insurance. <laughs> I like that he says it that way, though. It, it's kind of funny. Wait, talk, I yeah. need not earthquake insurance. <laughs> His hair is on its way to WrestleMania 6, Quinn. Yeah, it's it's getting better. The hair is pointing to the sign, right? <laughs> Like, yeah. And then he talks about his veins and his brainwaves. Yeah, it's a real wonder he flopped as champion. Brainwaves. Uh, I mean, it's, Come on. it's close to a Hogan promo. Anyway. Hogan's so much more relatable, <laughs> They're though. Kind That's of scary. The same. They're not. 
There's Sorry, only one Hulk Hogan. Bravo attacks during the music, of course, like I predicted. Warrior with a top rope clothesline for two. Mm-hmm. I'll give him credit there. Danny Davis, by the way, is the ref here as Earthquake makes faces at the Warrior. Hip toss by the Warrior. Earthquake pulls Warrior's leg and he goes under the ring, the Warrior does. This is weird. Then Jimmy Hart mysteriously gets sucked under the ring. <laughs> you can audibly hear Earthquake yell, Where did he go? Where did he go? Then Jimmy Hart comes out half naked, no pants. Like, I'm wondering, was Pat Patterson under there? Or maybe, Quinn, it was Mel Phillips. Nah, his socks are still on. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely, it's definitely Pat Patterson. (laughs) And then we get um, a bear hug here by Mr. Excitement, Dino Bravo, which Warrior reverses. Mm -hmm. uh, Really? A bear hug reversal (laughs) spot. That's pretty good. Real experts here. Yeah, really. Bravo hits his finisher, the side slam. Really? <laughs> I was always like, why? That that sums up Dino Bravo yeah. right there. My finisher's a side slam. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, if Dino Bravo was a wrestler on like any WWF like video game, yeah. he would be like under 50 in the total stats. Wow. He would be like garbage. I think like 66, but even so. I don't even think 66, Joe. That's impressive. I'll, may, I'll, maybe I'll give him like 52. Wow. 52. Yeah, he's shit. <laughs> utter shit. shit. So, um, of course, the side slam gets two. Warrior, uh, Warriors up for the win, as mm-hmm. Quinn mentions. What a creative replacement for Hogan. Yeah, it's the same fucking thing. Like, <laughs> he what? does. He, he, he Warriors up. They didn't care. They it didn't the fucking formula. care. Like, they didn't they just, try to they, do something new. They just were like, this guy can do Hulk Hogan stuff. Yep. And and you know what? At the time, it seemed good. I, I've seen WrestleMania 6 a million times. I love yeah. it. And it seems like it's the dawning of a new era. But we should have seen the writing on the wall, Joe. Yeah. He was just doing the same old shit. It was the same shit as Hogan, just yeah. not as well. Earthquake attacks. Hogan runs out. Quake looks like a big jabron. Oh, this is Hogan... your favorite clip from <sighs> WrestleMania 6. You hate this. I hate it because Earthquake like falls off the top rope like an idiot. Yeah, but he's like standing on the second, just like pointing to Hogan. Like, yeah, it's just so get dumb. off, man. Just leave. Like you yeah. see him coming. Yeah. Uh, Warrior gets all defensive about it, so they start arguing. And I'm wondering, is this WWF or moonlighting? <laughs> Gosh, it's kind of like moonlighting, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> A gaggle of refs come out to break up this little tiff here, this little emotional yeah. spat between two lovers. As Vince, for some reason, weird. Now, this is yeah. I, you, he's never backstage show. on these. No, never ever. Not since like the eighties. Yeah, well, like I'm eighty-seven. He, why does he have his purple coat on or, yeah. <laughs> or fucking yellow coat or whatever he wears? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like the Vince like coats from the eighties. Yeah. He's backstage to recap the Royal Rumble tussle with Hogan. And Warrior, and then yeah. the Saturday Night's Main Event tussle from January. Hogan gives another promo because that's what this show is pretty much turned into. Right. It's people giving promos. Hogan calls him a Vincent McMahon, very proper, very formal. And yeah. then says that he's going to watch Warriors back 24 hours a day until WrestleMania so he can beat him at his best. Highly unlikely, Jess, by the way. <laughs> and then Hogan can also beat, by the way, 100 Buster Douglases. That's right. Yep. Not just one, 100 of them. So did he win the uh, world boxing title in this? Or- like, I think he did. Okay. I think he did. I mean, Buster Douglas, I think, would lose in a fight to Hulk Hogan, actually. Hulk Hogan? Yeah, he might beat him. Yeah. Uh, Jeans with the Warrior in the uh, the merchandise locker room, Quinn. This is amazing. His tassels are neatly hung up on hooks, like multiple tassels. It's like a warrior shrine. Yeah. It's like, it does the warrior like live here when he doesn't <laughs> wrestle? Like, I, the hooks for his tassels. That's amazing. He's even got tassels around his neck. 
Because I guess he's just like changing or comparing colors or something. It's almost like you ever see the movie Clueless? Yes. You remember um, Alicia Silverstone? She has that like closet with the computer. Yeah. This is like the Warriors version of her closet. That's a very like, very good comparison. Quinn. It's amazing. His boots are like nightly, nicely like neatly yeah. <laughs> put there. And it also somewhere on the wall is scrawled the words Warrior Wildness. That didn't take. Did no, it, yeah. it did not. I never heard of that outside of this. Yeah. He also, of course, because it's 1990 and he's feuding with Hogan, he says Hulk Hogan a lot. You know, no. Hulk Hogan. Always. But Hulk Hogan. I'm not sure what he's saying beyond that. But he, It's more moons and Jupiters yeah. and, and Blood. asteroids yeah. and so, all sorts of bullshit. RNA and stuff yeah. like that. And he acknowledges that this locker room is like his warriors are like seeping through the walls or something. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he's talking about. Well, his tassels are seeping through the walls, <laughs> that's for sure. Gene is just like in the background saying, please, or like, oh, please, oh yeah. my god, give this me a break. This is weird because Warrior's supposed to be a big face just like Hogan, but Gene seems like afraid of him, whereas yeah. he, like Hogan acts just as crazy, but Gene's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Like, every, <laughs> like what, yeah. what? what's so different? Like, I don't to know. be fair. Gene even calls him a loose cannon, Quinn. Yeah. And Warrior, of course, is like, you know, Hulk Hogan, I'm the chosen one, Hulk so Hogan. So much Hulk Hogan here. Then we go back to uh, Jesse and Vince. Jesse says that Hogan tried to steal Warrior's heat. I don't like when they do this. When they, like, use the insider terms Not here. Not before, like, Livewire appears, like, the yeah. shit that ever happened. Yeah, Michael Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Gene is now, God, with Douglas, who says he had a great time, and his next move is... <laughs> Here we go. To go out drinking with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so, of course, Gene is like, oh, my God, give me a break. Drinking, yeah. really? Have you lost it? Okay, first of all, why is that a fucking issue? These are two grown-ass men. Like, They are. Should there really be a problem with them going to have a beer together no. after the thing? No. And why is that a bad influence to kids? I mean, their adults do that. Like, their parents have a Budweiser every now and then. Right. Like My dad certainly did. Yeah. What was your dad's beer of choice? It was, I think, Budweiser when I was a kid, and then I think it changed to Coors, but, light? you know, like, light yeah, or the, the, the light. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, that's the dad beer. Coors Light, Bud, Bud Light, Miller yeah. Light. Then my dad, like, graduated from beer, and he just was strictly, like, a nightcap, like, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels guy. I like the old Jack Daniels, yeah. Quinn. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't like here? I don't like what Buster Douglas says, because, no, they're not going to drink beer. No. Milk! Hogan likes buttermilk, but Buster, he's a whole milk type of guy. What? What the what? fuck is this? Who goes out drinking at 10 p.m. for a glass of milk? Where the fuck do you find buttermilk at? Like, Where do you find buttermilk? Okay, wait a second. <laughs> I don't get it. The announcers hype WrestleMania to sign off. That's it. That happened. Yep. Thoughts? A pretty weak main event it compar- comparatively to the the first two. Yeah, especially like, the first Like, those are really good. This yeah. is... I mean... So the charm is like that, you know, it's classic 90 WWF. Here's the thing with 90 WWF, mm-hmm. where the look and feel are very like, I feel at home. Yeah. There was never really good match quality in 90. Not really. Um, It's not really about that. It's about <laughs> characters and sure. stuff. It's a continuation I mean, of 89. This, this is basically that. It's fun to look back on. Sure. But sometimes there's uh, poopy episodes, especially when they have guests like Buster Douglas here. That I think that throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. It really did. I mean, this this show was more about Buster Douglas and then Hogan Warrior mm-hmm. than it was about any of the wrestling. And drinking buttermilk. And drinking buttermilk. Whereas, especially the first main event, but also the second one, the actual in-ring action was consequential. 
right. it mattered more. But the problem is, is that when the story here isn't too strong and it's basically like everyone knows like, okay, the Warriors fighting Hulk. They already Hogan, know that. They already know that. The wrestling kind of has to pick up the slack. But because we're still operating under the like entertainment principle because this is prime time. Right. They can't do that. So and, it's just a fucking mess, basically. And Dino Bravo, of all people, to trot out on NBC. Yeah, what the fuck? Can the Warrior face anybody else but the Literally. Earthquake? Just to have a fight know, Earthquake. Why Dino Bravo? Do a DQ ending. Enough with Dino Bravo. <laughs> enough with Dino Bravo. And folks, unfortunately, enough for us for this week. But we will be back next week mm-hmm. for episode number 75, Quinn. Whoa. I know, we are getting there. Uh, until then, please reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Join the group. That's Facebook.com. And then you go there and you search for our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. You can leave us an iTunes review, Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate that. And if you want to donate, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. In the meantime, we will be back next week and stay tuned, of course, for the Hall of Fame Bites. Until next time, I am Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn saying so long. See ya. Tell me, James, did you enjoy yourself in the ring tonight? Me, Gene, I had a blast. Hulk Hogan, my kind of guy. Can you tell us quickly what your next move is going to be? Oh, sure. My next move, the Hawkster and I are going out drinking. Drinking? Oh, my goodness, you can't be serious not drinking. Sure, me, Gene, the Hawkster, he's a buttermilk man. Myself, whole milk man. <laughs> okay, Vince, blow out your ass. <laughs>